I hope no one, yeah, I hope no one from the safe core team is listening to this. <laughs> and if they do, it was back in the days. And if they do, I hope they know why they exist today. but people in EYP call me Mimi uh, so that is my EYP name that now everyone calls me by which is perfect um, and I am someone who chaired their IS debate without a voice and without placards and someone who had to share a committee room for three days at an IS and I also enjoy bringing people coffee during uh, sessions because that helps me relax and I like <laughs> I like remembering coffee orders from officials but I've never organized yeah and I also chaired using Google Translate audio description because I didn't have a voice <laughs> that's me anyway Pete I'm Ali I've been now feeling older and older as the years go on in EYP. It feels almost like yesterday. I would like to do a session with Milica so she gets my coffee order. That's that's my future in EYP right now. And otherwise, yeah, I think I've done a little bit of everything uh, in EYP and it's been very wholesome for my person and my career. And uh, nice to nice to talk to you guys. Yeah, I'm Edwin. I learned one thing in EYP and that is uh, for every mistake, there is two people who can help you erase that mistake or pattern in it. <laughs> one is Ali, no, the other one is... <laughs> nah. But yeah, I also come to find that I'm um, also a bit older and kind of mostly done with the sessions and uh, with EYP, but seeing the people again and again and talking to them as I've done to you guys is something which always makes me ha a happier person. It does also help that um, through EYP, I have uh, learned everything what I do during my current job, consulting and team building other external enterprise um, firms. It's beautiful. And putting EYP into these kind of formal settings always makes me uh, laugh a bit and reminisce of what has happened during sessions, which, which happens in school rooms where you want to teach a 50-year-old uh, doctor how to politely tell the nurses to fuck off, basically. So, yeah. <laughs> Usually for this fuck-up episodes, we don't we have no plan whatsoever is tell amusing stories that we've gone through things that went horribly horribly wrong because th those are so prevalent in UIP. true and in general it's normally our fuck-ups episodes that go horribly wrong as in the first one i think it took us 45 minutes before we were ready to start recording because no one's computer would work and everything would just fuck up and then on the second one as soon as we would mention the azerbaijani secret service then our internet would cut off were you connected to azeri internet or <laughs> we, we have no, no idea was someone using a vpn accidental vpn to baku <laughs> and they saw us and they heard us each time and they were like cut this shit off yeah <laughs> they they did that like five person. times <laughs> it was ridiculous so it wasn't Horrible. a coincidence you were targeted yeah and we stopped talking about it and then it was okay you're probably just sitting there like yeah okay i think they understood the message give him back the internet it's fine i didn't know the azaris had a secret service I mean, every country does, right? I mean, sure. But... Yeah, they, they do. 
they do uh, and like when you when you get caught by them for anything even if it's nothing to do with you and they think it's you it's it's not a good thing no i've had a i've had i've had a friend go through that that's uh it's it, it's not it's, it's really not a good experience my my experience is only limited to belarusian secret service i'm afraid and that's not that's like not so secret service <laughs> yeah that, that's not very secret making you sit at an airport for hours on end minor uh, militias no I, I i didn't have gladly i only listened to stories about people having trouble with the belarusian government yeah we had we we were doing the the minsk regionals which was like one of the first sessions to happen in uip belarus in a while so uh you know preparations and all and only a few like a, a month before the session we realized that we can't actually fly to Belarus for the whole duration of the session. Cause, and I think they changed this like nine months after the session, but they had a rule where if you stayed more than three days, uh, you had to get a visa and it would be very difficult uh, for a lot of people to get a visa. So <laughs> we realized the slightly last minute and the solution that me and uh, Maria who was HOing uh, came up with was to do the CMO in Vilnius and fly over to Minsk and then fly back right after GA. So we would do like one and a half ish days in Vilnius, fly into Belarus. And then a lot of people would either fly back to Vilnius sort of fly back home from there and then when we're entering the country at the borders it's kind of border guards but they're slightly more serious so they were questioning you know why we're there and why we're together and like what organization uh we're with and we had talked about it with maria before as to like what we need to say and what and they were you know they gave some of us a hard time but it was okay like they weren't harassing us or anything but then throughout the session especially at ga like there would just be men in the back of the room kind of chilling there that we like didn't necessarily know what they were there for but uh, i think it was like after cmo when we were doing committee work and stuff and there's just you know occasionally these random people around that that are like recurring people that we see in these random spots that don't talk to us but they're just they're kind of just there but yeah that was that was a fun time they, they to be honest they didn't really harass us all that just observe the cult just, just surveying um surveying surveillance is checking on you but i mean what, what, they do what, have a file on you now but what would happen if you just like stayed for longer than if you like let's say i don't know missed your flight back or we did not want to find out <laughs> why I mean, not i think they'd get deported or like they, they'd be banned from entering belarus again they they usually fine you apparently but you know i don't want to find out we we, we found that out about a year later at the minsk national right <laughs> i i but, did hear about that yes <laughs> but i'm pretty sure i've told that story already but the short version is uh with the hit organizers didn't register <laughs> lots of the officials and then after after the time period of us being too long in the country had already passed uh, at the kind of closing time of the registration office we just like booked <laughs> and uh, the same um, maria the <laughs> that was in the regionals was there like negotiating smaller fines for us <laughs> no, uh, that, that's a that's a beautiful souvenir from eyp of having like <laughs> you've paid the fine for being <laughs> illegally in belarus for too long maybe that's that's what ali in your thing it was they, they were just waiting the timer just like being hmm is he gonna stay too long let's see ga was the most stressful part because obviously there were certain topics that the belarusian government might find uh, sensitive um, but it was attended by some German ambassadors. So they were also 
a little mindful of that i think like we we knew the ambassador was there and he had like endorsed the session yet so there was kind of leeway from there because otherwise the organizers were also not so sure how publicly we can debate some of the things have you had guys have a lot of experiences or problems around that with EYP because I've had multiple sessions be like, we can't have that topic because it's not in line with whatever governmental or societal things. Well, the the Istanbul IS... What was it? Was it Istanbul? Yeah, Istanbul. Wasn't that 2015 or 20? No, no, you're talking about Izmir IS. I was just thinking about that too. Izmir IS, where if if I remember correctly, it's the it was the 100th year anniversary of the genocide in Armenia, and like on that anniversary, UIP had the. IS in Turkey, which of course brought up quite a few political issues at that time. It, it, it like in in all respect, it wasn't meant to be scheduled that year. It was a delayed IS from the previous year that got pushed across, etc. And that's why those dates started to coincide. But then still, of course, that kind of created a bit, bit a very big issue, and understandably so. But then there was uh, Martin Schwarzkopf, who then uh, under. at yeah at, at then uh, at the opening ceremony. And he said, I want to do a speech to talk about the Armenian genocide. And like Ali, like in Turkey, how one of the more stressful nights of my life, I might add. <laughs> no, it was the it was the closing ceremony. And the reason it was important is because it would have been okay at the opening ceremony because it was a different venue. But the closing ceremony was at a university, a rather prominent university, with being attended by their, you know, dean and all the other stuff. And we had already had a topic on the Armenian genocide at the session, which was already, you know, shady enough for them. But then, yeah, Andre decided to to give the speech that, you know, it's not that we were as organizers or an NC, like we had a problem with, but the issue is it is actually illegal to acknowledge the existence of the genocide in Turkey, right? You publicly saying this is is very problematic at the very least. I guess as, as people, like from what we see in the news today for example in russia about acknowledging the war in ukraine if we kind of like think in those kind of circumstances but obviously a bit on a on a lighter scale in turkey if you're in a very public formal setting and really publicly acknowledging what is completely illegal to acknowledge yeah from I mean, I definitely kind of get it from his perspective, and I and I I definitely get it also from from the Armenian perspective of the acknowledgement, and I can definitely see as well from the Turkish NC is like this could be the complete end of our organization that will never be allowed to exist for decades. This is this is it. Not like decades, but ever. When when they decide something, it's forever. <laughs> Didn't you guys have to like clear the room of journalists and kind of say no one's allowed to record the speech and kind of stuff like this in place? We kept it a little more low key. So we basically just tried to stall the guests from coming in at around that time. And we put a speech earlier and then we just prayed to God because like the NC president at the time, which was uh, Birjan, she spent pretty much all night with the HO trying to convince him that this is not a good idea because it might put all of us in a lot of trouble. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, when it comes to censorship, yeah, Joel, you know, sometimes there are, <laughs> there are some places where you can't say certain things. And then sometimes it's also the right, right time and right place to say something. And then the two coincide in a, uh, yeah, in a way that gets uh, a lot of hearts racing. <laughs> I mean, Joel presided, what, how many sessions in Turkey? Two? Yeah. Yeah, the two. And I wrote a topic for the other one, for Ankara. And I remember 
uh, writing the topic into the spreadsheet. And I remember adding a comment saying, this might get me kicked out, lol. Or <laughs> something like that. It was, it was either this might get me kicked out or I don't think the government would like this, lol. Of course, we, we didn't end up picking that topic. It was the uh, about Turkey exiting the Istanbul Convention and because it was at you know the height of all of that craziness and, and drama and that horrible, horrible decision. And I wanted to write a topic about that and like the irony of them exiting an Istanbul Convention. And I left a comment and I was like, this might get me kicked out or, you know, worse, I could <laughs> end up in jail. To be honest, and I, obviously I don't know about right now because I haven't been around for a while, but... Um... From what I know, we actually aren't too, cons- like, we're not really controlled very closely by the government. Like, they don't really notice us or care about us. So, in my experience, topics haven't had to be censored and we've been liberal with it. But that was uh, also some years ago. So, maybe maybe it's a bit different now. I don't yeah. want to risk it. Listen, I need a job <laughs> once I graduate. <laughs> this is all for show. Referring to the Turkish flags on the background. Thank you, Joel, for the audio description. I forgot. <laughs> I mean, when, when we were pitching the topics, the NC was pretty close about like, okay, we need to go through the topics before you proceed with them. Uh, and there were a couple of topics that they raised some flags on. I just held my ground. was like, these are these should be perfectly fine to go through. And we ended up back, we ended up having all of the topics in the end. And no Mimi at the session. So you got, you got the topics, but I had to cancel, unfortunately. I fortunately never had the problem of topics being censored. It was just more like maybe people being censored. You had a sponsored topic. Uh, DIS? Yeah. Uh, Warsaw? Yeah, yeah. You did, right? Yeah. That, see, I, I find it more stressful to work with a sponsored yeah, topic <laughs> than being censored. Yeah. Listen, nah. listen, I had one. I had one and it wasn't at an IS. It was at the Youth Academy of Sustainability in Belgrade, the first of its kind this December. It was about, uh, you know, sustainable development goals set by the UN, blah, blah, blah. I had to work on SDG 1 that was, you know, eradicating poverty by 2030 and stuff that's, you know, very (laughs) plausible uh, by 2030. Uh, And it was very difficult because I found out that the topic was sponsored halfway through the session. So I was told on the day of the expert talk that, oh, by the way, you're going to be our ex, your expert is a person that works for Sparkasse. That is one of the biggest sponsors of EYP in general. And like, listen, there, <laughs> we are trying to secure sponsorship and funding for the next two ISs. And they really want to see what we're all about. And they really care about sustainable development goals or I mean, and like, be, please be nice to the expert. And I'm like, okay, fine. Why wouldn't I be nice to an expert anyway? It doesn't matter if they're, if they're a sponsor or not. So the expert talk starts and we're in Belgrade and I have like all of my delegates are Serbian and she's like, oh my God, this is so crazy. This is such a diverse group. And we're like, okay. And then she's like, uh, where, where are you? Where are you phoning me from? And we're like, oh, we're from you know, we're calling you from Belgrade. And she's like, oh, how exotic. <laughs> and I can see my delegate, like, on the little, on my, on my screen, and like, like that little zoom, <laughs> zoom part where, where you can see yourself. I can see them roll their eyes in the background. And I'm like, and I hit one on the leg, and I'm like, calm down. Because <laughs> they, they wanted to laugh. I'm like, oh, how exotic. I've never been. 
what's the weather like? <laughs> and we're like, it's snowing, it's December. And she's like, oh, cool, I've only been to Milan. And I'm like, okay, th this has nothing to do with me. <laughs> what? Whatever. What? And she's like, and she made like a made a, made a point of repeating that she's calling from Brussels. So like every other sentence would start with, oh, the work we do in Brussels. And we're like, oh, we really don't care, honey. And it had nothing to do with poverty. She was talking about, I don't know, educating people how to use ATMs. I mean, whatever, it doesn't matter. But the worst thing is, I'm sorry, the worst thing is at the end of the day, I get an email from the IO and I'm in CC and it's, they sent it to the editor of the session and the EA and I'm in CC and it says, hey guys, how did the expert talk go for SDG1? Do you have the recording? Of course we didn't have the recording. And we're like, okay, we don't have the recording. And they're like, do you have pictures of them talking to the expert? No. So you didn't send an MTM into the room to take pictures of them talking to the most important sponsor of the entire session. And we're like, no, no pictures, not even some screenshots. So like, yeah, I think, and then we just thank the sponsor in the text, right? So like in order not to get, um, you know, shamed by the IO through a chain of emails, uh, we decided to stage an expert talk the next day. What? So the EA. <laughs> I love it. So shout, shout, can I can I do a shout out? Yeah. A shout out to Luke Bishop, uh, the current president of UK <laughs> Ireland, who was the EA at the session. Who like in the evening he was like, we have an emergency, we need to work this out, and we spend the entire night planning how to stage um, an expert talk. So I, I spent like a good chunk of my committee work just like acting. He spent the entire day in my committee. We uh, we put my laptop like. But my laptop has a bunch of stickers and they're like not, they shouldn't really, <laughs> shouldn't really be seen by everyone, but it was front and center. And I had my delegates behind me and he was like, okay, pretend you're talking to an expert. And he's like, what do you want to watch? And we are like, we want to put on a compilation of best minds. So we're watching Vine and we're recording. He's recording. He's like, don't worry, I'm going to edit out. And everything's fine, you know, simple, you know, uh, my uh, potato flew around and stuff like that, those Vines. And then it goes, and we're like keeping a straight face on, like we're very good actors. And then the Vine that goes, I'm an adult virgin, comes on. And my entire committee just like falls apart and we're laughing so hard it was it was one of the truly you know truly greatest moments of you know you're so nervous and so stressed out you're trying to get something done you can't keep it together because it's so funny so there, the video <laughs> is available on, on EYP's facebook page if you want to see our acting skills uh, we're watching vines in every single shot so it was basically the same as the expert talk you trying to keep it together and not laugh it was but it was it was more fun because we were watching people fall down and cats and stuff so yeah that was that was uh, one of the truly you know peak eyp moments for me staging an expert talk with Sparkasse and then sending that video to them and them being like, oh my God, it's amazing. We love the work that you do. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, meanwhile, the, 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 the trick is we changed venues. Oh, so like they didn't even notice that you like no. changed the room. So like, yeah, no. nah, fair. <laughs> We changed venues. Everything was different. It was the next day. We were dressed differently. You know, I really hope that they don't listen to this because this is also not the first time I hear of expert talk being staged, nor is it like the first time I've been involved. 
<laughs> actually staging one like this happens more often apparently than i thought. what <laughs> yeah i'm forgetting to record stuff well then again i think like nine times out of ten a bunch of wines is gonna be more interesting and useful than your committee expert anyway especially the i'm an adult version perfect like the, the amount of times that they kind of they, they bring uh, an expert into the room who is not an expert at that topic whatsoever but either it's just somebody who's slightly related to the sponsor or something like this or they're just like oh there's this person who has some kind of political function oh yeah let's bring them in what topic do we want to bring them into oh maybe this would be a cool one and they come in and i kind of feel bad sometimes for the expert because they're being put on the spot of saying you're the expert at this thing now give all this information they have no fucking idea <laughs> and then the committee are not responding well to them either so it's a, it's a horrible dynamic a lot of the time. I had a very similar thing, Nathan, where uh, it was actually in Serbia as well, where I had an expert come, an expert come. She just had like no clue what our topic was. And she just like she just started talking about climate change and the environment because we were MD. And, you know, we, it was about the climate, but obviously it was a lot more nuanced. And she just started telling us what climate change is and CO2 emissions and all. And she had this. She went over time. She went like two hours into this expert talk. My delegates are like, can you please tell her to leave so we can go back to work? <laughs> They're like getting mad. And once she leaves, I'm just talking to, I really hope it wasn't him himself, but I was talking to either an organizer and I was like, yeah, this was terrible. Like who found her? Why? And I was like upset about it. And then the organizers are like, oh, that's the NC president's mom. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> I said I love you to an expert. What? <laughs> I'm using this as an icebreaker anyway, B from now on. So, uh, yeah, I mean. How, wait, how do you, wait, what, why would you? <laughs> you need to hear the whole story. Wait. So I, I chaired the Novi Sad IS a month ago. I got an expert well in advance, which was great. I got to know them. They are an EYP alumni. So they know what EYP is, and they actually went over my topic overview and gave their own suggestions. Yep. Um, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, to be fair, they really were an expert on the topic. My topic had to deal, you know, I had to work on grassroots sports in Europe. And they do work in grassroots sports, uh, but they used to be in EYP and used to be a pretty big deal. I'm not going to name any names. And it's a girl. This is very important. So I got to, I got to meet her lovely we had a few phone calls she went over my topic overview she gave me you know so much reading material it was insane <laughs> and i and i and i read through everything and then uh it was it was time to do our expert talk and my vp comes over which is Ralda, and we're all sitting down because he really wanted to listen to to the talk as he's interested in sports my whole committee is there everyone's so excited everyone's playing sports in my committee everything's everyone's pumped up we you know we were the jock of the entire session and we're talking and it goes on for ages but it's lovely they have you know she made these um special like cases like what would you do in this situation and blah blah, blah. it was very interactive everyone loves it he's doing great i'm very proud of my committee i'm super happy super pumped can't wait to continue committee work and then she's like, oh, I want to take a screenshot of us because I want to post it on Instagram. 
and she takes a screenshot i'm like okay guys let's do silly faces i'm gonna do a screenshot and then i and she's like okay i really have to go i have and then we're all like waving and i'm like okay guys say bye and we're all all waving to her and i say okay bye then i say her name which i'm not gonna say now and i go okay bye love you and i send a kiss (laughs) and i click end meeting for all and my entire committee and my VP looks at me and they're like, what, what did you just did, say? Did you just, did you just really? <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, what, what did you just do? What did, uh, thank God we were, we weren't recording. So, so they were like, what's wrong with you? Why did you say I love you to your expert? So of course the entire session heard about me saying, I love you to my expert <laughs> and everyone was making fun of me. No, I haven't texted her after. <laughs> And I, no, uh, I yet. haven't said I love you again. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> never say never. I, th- I don't know why, but that reminds me of that expert I had once. Like, the, there's worse than an expert who doesn't know who, what he's talking about. There's one who knows what he's talking about, but it's not like entirely not your topic. So they come in, they sit down. Your topic is, let's say, I think for me it was um, what minority languages or something. And they come in, sit down, and they just talk start talking about religion where i'm just sitting there and like hold up how how did you like turn the conversation from i don't like P- luxembourg not being an eu language to well we have so many muslims in this country that like me and my culture were just like looking at each other like wait how do we should we just like i don't know what is happening and then what what is worse delegates then going in and having that discussion with the said expert instead of like doing what you expect them to do is talking about the topic so you just sit down there and you hope for it, pray for the best. At the end, it was fine. They came to the conclusion that languages and religion is all culture, et cetera, et cetera. So saved it in some way, but it's like the, these 15 minutes where you like have to sit there and, and like just listen to him going off topic big time. No wrecking at some points. At least you didn't confess your love to them. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't confess my love to him. I just like when we got out, I was like, "Thank you very much." That was really, how do you say, interesting. <laughs> yeah. And, and then they they just said, "Yeah, I hope it helped." And I'm like, "Well, yeah, let's see." Thank <laughs> you. Said, you said interesting, and then there's a footnote, and when you read the footnote, it says completely and utterly <laughs> exactly the polite way of saying not that i think but a good thing to know like when someone says that was interesting or that was a different perspective different exactly <laughs> the two nice uh, ways of saying that it was absolute shit but you know that was unique <laughs> actually it was the um that same session with my expert um by the way i'm i'm actually okay saying this out loud is by far the worst session i've ever done and i don't really rank my sessions this was just particular bad one for me the, the whole thing started with us doing cmo in the villa of an old uh drug dealer like this guy got busted so now the government owns his house Sounds that's nice. where we did cmo that was the best part of the session um, did, 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 did the government bust him like before the session or after the session i would I, i'd be lying if i said we didn't go around the house trying to see if there's anything left <laughs> They forgot any, any nice was um, this before but, or after signing the code of conduct i'm not sure if we had a code of conduct at that point no, <laughs> nice. they didn't exist back then no right <laughs> but so I mean, we had you know an accommodation uh, which was okay an old Mind prison you, this is yeah like, 
middle of <laughs> this is like middle of summer in in uh, Serbia, so it's like hella hot. And I just knew, I just knew this was gonna happen in Serbia. I just knew I was um, waiting for him to say which MC, and I was just <laughs> like, I hope it's not Serbia, but I, I think I know. Oh no, it is. Um, and and the second floor is just delegates, right? Um, and one night we're just kind of hanging out. It's I don't know, eleven thirty or something. And I see my delegates, my committee, four guys walking down the stairs with a bucket. I'm like, guys, it's late. Like, you should go to bed. Why are you, like, are you partying? What are you going to do with a bucket? Are you, like, pranking someone? And they're like, no, we want a shower. I'm like, what? There's shower in your rooms. And they're like, not in ours. <laughs> We're going downstairs to the well to get water. <laughs> There's no running water in our room. <laughs> I felt so bad because I had, like, a semi-decent, at least functioning shower, right? <laughs> I just wanted to be like, you want to like shower in my room? Like, and they proceeded to to like, I think they did like five trips down downstairs to grab water from the well to shower. Did they have to shower together? <laughs> hey, water? Did, did no, they shower each other? <laughs> yeah. Well, why didn't they just like save the water they showered with with a bigger bucket underneath them and reuse it? <laughs> Could could have saved like the five trips. They could have collected rainwater. Exactly. <laughs> Being economical in Serbia. <laughs> well, sometimes you get like really bad accommodation, but then sometimes you get nice accommodation. Yeah, what, no, what's sometimes like the... you get accommodation like Milica had in Galicia, where <laughs> you're staying with pilgrims. No, no. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? We had two accommodations, right? One was a hotel and one was um one was like a campsite almost, like for pilgrims on the the it's like on Camino the Camino de Santiago. Road. Yeah. It's right. a huge pilgrimage to Santiago de Compostela. <laughs> In Spain, thousands of people visit each year, and there's a special place where they sleep. Because to complete a pilgrimage, you need to go, you know, you need to walk. So they're walking from village to village, and the last stop is Santiago de Compostela, where we were at during the session. And the last bit of the Camino, which is the walk, so the pilgrimage, is, what, two and a half or three kilometers away from the city center. And if you can't complete other parts of the pilgrimage, it's okay if you just complete the last bit, which we did one day. So all of us are technically pilgrims, everyone at the session. Yeah. I have seashell that I bought that like certifies that I was a pilgrim in Santiago. <laughs> fun, fun fact. Yeah. So we arrived at the place. It's in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Literally. And the place is described to us as a hostel, but in reality, it's four or five bunkers bunker type things built into that little hill that we were staying on and you go in there's a huge you know sort of hallway and then there's a boys bathroom and a girls bathroom then mind you it has like two stalls and like 80 people and you go into your room 12 people could fit into some rooms and in other rooms it was eight and they're like okay you're sleeping here tonight and we're like um yeah but where are the pillows I'm oh, sorry, Milica, that, no that is really not how that happened, though. Yeah, that, it You're was. skipping one very small detail. What was the biggest detail? We didn't have sheets. The, the, there's this sheets. little detail. No, you, you described it perfectly correctly. There's one little detail, which is that on the day in which... So we left the, the first city. Viva, That's your little official we've arrived in the second city. The delegate. Yeah, no, no. This is particularly with delegates. We've arrived in the second city, and 
like delegates are only being brought to the accommodation at the end of the program on the day. The issue is the end of the, the program, I think it was like committee work or something. The organizers, they had this idea to take the delegates to a wine taste. Yo. However, however um, it was a special wine to that part of Spain yep. where the percentage of the wine is insane. may not have been in line with the code of conduct. We weren't, we weren't there as officials. The, 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 organizers took them and the officials had some other program so we're just at the hostel at which point at 12 o'clock the delegates arrive about 80 percent of which are barely able to walk <laughs> and it's they a, discover it's a, these... type, it's a special type of mixed wine sort of drink that they light on fire it's insane it's, it's insane. <laughs> so then we have pilgrims coming out and complaining to us that there's la there's noise because obviously and there's some delegate i remember this like not i don't think anyone else saw this but some delegate was walking in the hallway and accidentally fell on the ground and this pilgrim who was very angry started kicking this person yes, while they were on the floor and i had to separate them and be like take a step back they're minors calm the fuck down and they were, they were <laughs> angry like they were screaming at us and just yeah hmm. meanwhile i was, was fighting intense... for my life trying to get onto the top bed in my room because <laughs> the beds were falling apart and they were um uh, glued together with duct tape mine in particular was glued together with duct tape and there was no there was no sheets there was no pillows there wasn't anything available so the organizers had a panic attack and they were like okay but we were promised that we'd get all of those stuff but the reality is the the pilgrims who do visit that place they bring everything they own with them so they always have sheets <laughs> and they always have a towel and they have everything that that's how that's just how they travel you know and we we don't we weren't expecting you know to go into a hostel and not you know not be able oh you don't know about this they, so they didn't have sheets right we, they came and they realized that they didn't the delegates did not have sheets so we go up to the the board goes up to the hos and we're like, guys, we need sheets. Like, they gotta sleep somehow. And the HO gets a bit riled up. And he's like, okay, I'm gonna call the mayor. Wait, what? <laughs> and he actually phones the mayor of Galicia. I don't know why he had this con. But um, he actually phoned the mayor. And it was, they got the Red Cross to bring us blankets and sheets. I still have a Red Cross blanket from that session. <laughs> this was the Red Cross session. Oh, okay, so yes. So like what happened is they they tried to bring us sheets. So they phoned local hospitals first, I think. Then they phoned the army at one point. And then they phoned the Red Cross. And the Red Cross is like, okay, best we can do is like those emergency blankets that, you know, you, you get when you're in shock. Those fleece like blankets. So they get us sheets that are basically made out of toilet paper. I have no other way of describing it. It like, was paper. No, it was straight it was up paper. paper. Like <laughs> none, none of you are girls, so you don't know. Like when you do a Brazilian box, you don't know what type of underwear you get. So you'd understand if you were a girl. But like, is the same is the same material, which is like a paper towel. So we got sheets made out of paper towels and like, no, still no pillows. And we got uh, blankets, the Red Cross blankets. So of course, the sheets ripped apart, like immediately. They were useless. But at least we got blankets because all of us packed very lightly because we were thinking foolishly it's going to be so hot in Spain in July. But the reality was that it was raining every single morning and it was very cold during the night for some reason. So I remember sleeping in my hoodie and stuff and not having a, not having a pillow. And I'll never, never, ever forget nor forgive EYP Spain. <laughs> Or take it away from me. Forget really, or forgive. Yeah, I really wanted a Red Cross paint, uh, you know, memorabilia from that you, you, horrible 
situation with the accommodation and and everything. It was it was a good session overall. It was a very fun and enjoyable <laughs> session. And it was eventful. That's all I'm going to say. A delegate got punched. A delegate got kicked. A delegate, you know, someone stole um, from, I think they were from Latvia. They got, their passports got stolen on the last day. <laughs> you know. It was, when in it Spain. Was when I am so positively surprised you actually said that was a good session. <laughs> I mean, for me, it was fun. For the officials, I don't know. For me, Everyone was, has a different definition fun. of the of the term good, you know? True. <laughs> good does not have to mean it was well organized. It does not have to mean that they got actual blankets instead of Red Cross ones. <laughs> yeah, I made great friends. That's my criteria. I, Edwin will remember one wonderful night in Luxembourg back in 2015. Uh, it was his first session, I think, pretty sure. Might have been. Uh, yeah, the second nationals. Um, yeah. And we're going back to the hostel from like the the bar somewhere, and uh, we're with one of the HOs, uh, Pitt. If I doubt he's listening, but he's a legend. Um, so Pitt forgets. Um, he he doesn't realize that we've passed our stop, which in any other city, uh, when you miss your bus stop, it's not a big deal. You get off on the next one. However, this is Luxembourg, so once he realized we missed our bus stop and we could get off in the next bus stop. He consequently realized that the next bus stop is quite literally the other end of the country. <laughs> so you have this this official whole officials team walking actually across the country in the <laughs> middle of the night back to the hotel because we missed our bus stop. <laughs> There's nothing better than a midnight walk in Luxembourg. I can tell you that. I'm pretty sure there hasn't been another session in which, in a, during a session, the officials team have had to walk from one side to the other side of the country because they missed a bus. Well, that, that's why public transport in Luxembourg is free. <laughs> it's just like you have like two bus stops in the whole country, and if you miss one, you're just like on the other side of the country. Uh, 2015, <laughs> what a time. That also reminds me of the first um, nationals in Bosnia, I think. Well, Sarajevo, where I was... Funny, it was also like my first session as an official abroad. And I got there the early. I don't know how. No, that was the second one, right? That was second nationals, I think. But it was beautiful because at the hotel, you just, first of all, you couldn't find it because it looked like every other house in the street. So it was just like a random house. I don't know. And then you, you walk past it and you're like, wait, hold on. I sh it should be here somewhere. And you just like look at every door and you just never see the word hotel somewhere until you look in the sky and it just like has a big, big, big hotel above it. And you're just like, oh, fair enough. Why would you just put it on top of the hotel and not like in front of the door where everybody's walking? But hey, um, the funny part, well, the funny, the, the reasonably worrying part was uh, the moment I entered the room, first of all, Balkans, which means um, you can smoke inside. So you just like walk inside and it smells like uh, a Balkan cafe after a night out. Um, and then the other thing, 
you want to open the windows so they can get some air inside. What do you do? You put the curtains away and there's a brick wall in the window. <laughs> so literally he's just like he's just like I, I want just like some air and you, you put the curtains away you don't see nothing but just like a random brick wall and you're like it's not even another house the window <laughs> is like shut with brick walls and you're just like oh fair enough I'll just open the other one guess what same thing <laughs> <laughs> so it was literally I, I don't know if I don't remember exactly but it might have been in the cellar or something so it just yeah there, there's something to the Balkans. Oh, I, I love it. Yeah, one of the one of the reasons why uh, DHOs of Novi Sad chose um, one of the three hotels that we had during the session for the officials to stay in was because smoking was allowed. <laughs> hey, yo. This reminds me of one of my absolute favorite moments in UAP, I have to say. Uh, Edwin, maybe you remember this, but we're doing these uh, nationals in Bosnia, and it's, well, Bosnia, and um, if it's the brick wall story again, <laughs> no, 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 it ain't. <laughs> Actually, there's two, two, a two parts of the story that Ali that, was that in connect. the other house, <laughs> might have been. <laughs> um, we're, we're at so earlier in the session, second, third day, we're at a bar. Um, the session president was Nora, uh, Nora Wilhelm, and you know, she's fairly Swiss person, so she gets bothered by smoking, and it's the Balkans, so everyone's smoking, everyone, um, you know. When we're inside a bar, everyone's, and I think she was quite bothered by it. So at some point in the night, she's like, oh, guys, I'm going to call it an early night and go back to the hotel. So she left with her board. And uh, five minutes later, <laughs> she posts a photo in the Facebook group. We used to have Facebook groups for sessions. Yeah, who knew? Um, she posts a Facebook uh, a photo with Boris Johnson, whom she just wrote oh, yeah. in the streets of Sarajevo. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> And slightly related to this, on the GA day, um, which was in the in the Bosnian parliament, um, you know, everyone's settling into GA, everyone sits down, GA starts, and it's like the first first round of debate, and a delegate is getting a response. <laughs> this delegate stands up, slowly lights a cigarette. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so about this point, and like Nora, I just see her face like totally pale. She's like, "What is going on?" And she's like, you cannot smoke in here. And the delegate, I think, pretty sure you know, Bosnian delegate is just ashing into these crystal ashtrays you have yeah. in the parliament. being like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Culture clash. No, it's just, uh, I remember the second time when we were in that, I think it was during the IF, we were also in the Bosnian parliament, right? And then there was like, I think they, they changed the rules so that you literally are, were not allowed to smoke inside of the parliament room. However, parliament room does not mean the parliament itself. So the moment you walk out of the room, you just can light a cigarette and it doesn't really matter. So that was at the nationals. That was because Nora said no smoking. But in not the only. UK. Yeah, but not only. But it was also like, yeah, during Yugosphere, right? Yeah, Same I thing. remember the clouds of smoke. Yeah. Was like, uh, I'm just going to go for a coffee break. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's you the face. Yeah, you were waiting for the Y word, right? Yeah, I was just waiting for someone to mention Yugosphere. <laughs> Is that why you're all here? <laughs> no, I, I didn't get chosen because that, that was the year of my nationals when I was a delegate, when I like officially okay. entered the way to Serbia. But I didn't get chosen for Yugosphere. I, I got selected for the IF in Tbilisi. But yeah, but the stories from Yugosphere are just like incredible. Like the stories it was from, incredible. Yeah, the stories from Lux and the stories from Yugosphere will live on forever.
which ones uh it was it was fun like the, i remember the best part i remember the funniest uh we had to drive from belgrade to sarajevo right and it was a night bus so i think it was the whole bus we had with like all official and just four delegates sitting all the way in the front <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> and, they, so and they didn't want the delegates to know that we were drinking <laughs> so we're just like holding the bottles under the chairs in the bus <laughs> just having a party at the orchestra like, shh there's delegates here it was like the, the six orgas being like a buffer between delegates and officials <laughs> and we're also just having a, a party in the back uh singing uh, random songs which i do not want to name me dancing with um with who was it mcconnell right <laughs> so yeah nah, and the thing because it was a night bus and because we had to cross the border at night i think it was at, at around like 3 a.m most people were already like sleepy or sleeping or um well yeah or that and or and everything the thing is that the border guard comes into the bus and everybody like gives him the passport and there was another person they also like gave him the passport while kind of sleeping so they were like not really paying attention right so they give them the passport the border guard leaves the bus she sits up sprints to the front like no wait wait gets her passport and gives him another one the border guard confused as hell like what is happening why are you like taking away one passport and giving me the other just like standing there starting to speak bosnia like what happened what, what is the problem um yeah fair enough no she like, i think she had two passports one being the more the national one and the other for international travel so it was just the, the the moment of stress where she just didn't know which one to give him while being really tired. So yeah, got all through. Everything was fine. But yeah, the bus from Belgrade to Sarajevo was a trip, a journey for everyone. For some better, for some worse. So, so that Yugosphere session, what did it? That I, I don't actually know that much about it. Did it happen in multiple countries? Was it was planned the... to have happened in all Balkan countries, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, it, but, but but it ended up being only Belgrade and Sarajevo, which was which was fair which was good yeah but here you also need to know that it wasn't actually eyp serbia that was doing the belgrade part it was some like weird external organization yeah. what the hell was it called something european something. yeah something european it was weird like they, european so, forum or something like that yeah so they didn't know what the eyp kind of culture or no fucking clue what the EYP culture was. so they like the basic parts they just didn't have answers to or didn't organize it the, the not say the right way but the way we're used to but at the end of the day 40 degrees belgrade in the sun waiting for i don't know what it was we were just rolling around belgrade 40 yeah, degrees Jesus no here, food here was like 10 days or like two weeks after the nationals in belgrade so it was late july when you yeah. was happening yeah yeah it was like red warning for heat and we were having like general team building in a park we walked there sat in the shade because no one could do anything and then we sat there for like 40 minutes before someone was like okay yeah this is not happening let's just go back to be fair at that point uh me and Edwin we were cheering there i had like two delegates uh, before at that point of the session because the organizers oh, yeah, just, true. They, they, they didn't take notes on when the delegates were arriving so they just had no clue yeah i i merged with another committee i don't know when it was basically me. I, I think it was me you and clara had all our committees together for like the first couple yeah. of hours of the session it was actually us in team building the whole time like the three committees and that was in total like six or seven people so including you it might have been including us yeah but it was fun and at some point the like it started, started flowing but i don't know the worst part about the external organization is that the people that they send as the kind of full responsible were just complete 
asses. Like, I think it was like three days into the session, we had to, like the head organizers and the leadership came to into the decision of we need to just isolate one of these people. <laughs> like they, one of the leaders from the external organization were not allowed to talk to the member, members of the session because they were just so rude to everybody and no one wanted to deal with them. Yeah, kind of a stuck up guy, tried to act more than oh yeah he i remember it so vividly yeah, like, he had this, like buttoned up shirt exactly. that was just like ripping open because it was so tight <laughs> it was beautiful <laughs> it sounds like it yeah that that whole session was just a train wreck of things going wrong <laughs> the, the president of that session just tells the story of how he's at some point, he's just started starting every single of his, one of his days at the session with with a bottle of aqua beetles and fermented herring because this is the only way to start like get yourself to actually start moving. This is like considering life. Like, why am I here? <laughs> this only makes more sense when you know Marcos as well. And it's like the only person on earth who's gonna wake up in the morning and eat smoked herring. <laughs> uh, yeah he, he has uh, some form of ptsd from that session <laughs> i don't even blame him nah, i wouldn't either i think everybody has their own form of ptsd from that session i remember us also having like body groups and then other body groups kind of like the, the the ones made by the board but then at some point during the session people just started to form their own body groups and having their own kind of meetings whenever literally i remember once having a body group meeting and then having a body group meeting with the people i actually wanted to vent with kind of so <laughs> it was a lot going on and it was necessary yeah uh, true this is, so, so something there, there was this kind of sometimes you build your team through having a common enemy yeah and for that <laughs> session it was the orga team no uh, I, I don't know it just it went to the point that the uh, it, it might be bosnia had some sort of anniversary gala event, yeah true during, uh, anniversary gala during one of the evenings and i think like 80% of the chairs team and quite a big chunk of the media team boycotted that. We just didn't go there. It was because of us not having a proper resolution typing venue-ish kind of thing. Was it that? I don't remember what the exact like thing that was that pushed us over the edge. I just remember I just like having this like, yeah. weird, if, yeah, if they, they're they not was... going to respect us, we're not going to yeah. go there and celebrate them. I think it was literally them leaving us uh, doing resotyping and us being by ourselves kind of thing. And the, all the orgas already went to the gala and nobody kind of cared about us during that we felt like nobody cared about us during that moment so we were like well fair enough we'll just go to the hotel by ourselves somehow we'll manage to i don't know um, and we didn't have food either exactly <laughs> and i think that was the worst part i mean if the orgas are like busy partying and celebrating i mean why do you guys need food or surveillance <laughs> you're, you're, you're adults you're, you're gonna you're gonna find something and if not just sacrifice one of you yeah, it's true. Fine. True. Yeah, no, I completely yeah, right. didn't think that through. Night for the higher cost. Exactly. Okay. If you know someone who you know went to yoga sphere, ask them for their stories. It, it, there's a lot. There's a lot. A lot of fun things that happened there. It's a lot of personal stories as well. Holy damn. I almost got kicked out of that session. <laughs> How come? What did you do <laughs> this time? Uh, <laughs> the, the, there was some miscommunication between the Urga team, and at some point, the one of the head organizers gets a message that Joel is trying to arrange a hotel room with one of the delegates. What? Which I was not oh, yeah, doing. True. Oh, yeah. no, really, you weren't no. successful with it. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> 
That's definitely not what I was up to. But like that's story like that you were phoning hotels in Sarajevo trying to find a room, or that the other person was trying to arrange a room with you. Uh, no, I was like I was arranging a room for other reasons, but with the other people, like other officials. But then they just got the names wrong, and the organizers like is that that's a delegate. He's <laughs> like writing me a letter of sending me home. <laughs> like, that was also a point. at some point we just randomly changed rooms because we really did not either did not want to be with somebody or wanted to be with somebody else rather than yeah. So it's basically just like randomly people switching rooms and. The hotel, of course, being like all weirded out, like why are people like running around with their blankets and shit? So yeah, yeah, it's actually. But at some point, I asked the reception for the room allocation, and they just printed <laughs> out for me just a random chair. You made, you made the check. Yeah, here you go. Exactly. Uh, GDPR oh, yeah. did not exist back then. GDPR also does not exist there now. Yeah. <laughs> but then about about like almost like getting kicked out of sessions and stuff. I I I have this like this thought like the other day it was that i was such a shitty eyp back in the day like for my first like three four years it's like uh, how many countries did i get banned from from doing EYP <laughs> or places that they're like let's not take him like mm-hmm. even my, like back in 2011 my, my, my first time that i was a chairperson I was in like french nationals and it, it was a beautiful beautiful venue and like we had us as the officials we had our this incredible incredible venue for us to stay in and it was this you know these kind of like really old courtyard places where you got all the bedrooms around the courtyard and it's like five six stories tall and in the middle you got this beautiful garden courtyard thing and you know i see some people just chilling on their on the roof smoking up and i'm like hey let's go roof so that i climb out my window and i kind of climb up onto the roof and just start hanging out on the roof but then from where the augers were they could see me (laughs) but they couldn't see the other people on the roof so for them it looked like i was the only person hanging up on the roof and they're like what the fuck are you doing just standing on the roof of the place yeah um so i i got a very big smack on the wrist and then that night i was with the media team and we started partying and partying until i don't know what time in the morning till like five o'clock in the morning and then uh we me and uh and a media team member kind of wrecked the room uh, a lot. I just like drew everywhere and like wrote. <laughs> you know, when you're five o'clock in the morning, whatever you think is a good idea after I don't know how much we had to drink was obviously not a good idea. But we did all of that, and then the two of us, we walk into the lift and we're going to go up. And then she tells me that she's uh she's a bit claustrophobic. When you're drunk at five o'clock in the middle, uh, five o'clock in the morning, and someone tells you you're they're claustrophobic and you're in a lift, what do you do? You, you stop jump. the lift. So I jumped. <laughs> it was Sunday night in France, uh, five o'clock in the morning, and the lift stopped. I broke the lift. <laughs> and so the lift stopped in between two floors and the door opened just to like a couple of centimeters. So you can like break some fingers through. But everyone was asleep and we're like, shit, what do we do? And Sunday in France, people don't work anyway. But then Sunday at five o'clock in the morning, trying to get an engineer to come to the place to then fix the lift and get us out. And then they hear it's because I decided to jump <laughs> in the lift. Yeah, that, that, that didn't, it didn't go down too well. <laughs> nice. One of my uh, VPs, at, it, was at, it was at Joel's session in Istanbul in 2019. So it was uh, our lovely friend, Nikos Pavlos, who was... I, he wasn't my academic VP. He was my buddy group VP for some reason. 
and he decided to hold a body group meeting in an elevator in our hotel in Istanbul. So we were going up and down for like half an hour, him just like pressing random buttons and like the three of us, like, you know, just being in an elevator going up and down. <laughs> was that better or worse venue than the prayer room that we held our chair team meetings? <laughs> well, I, I mean, that, that venue, if you think about it, that venue, it has its ups and its downs. Exactly, exactly. But the, but the thing is, you always you always reach you always reach your goal in in an elevator, right? No, I I, I wasn't sure if I would, um, Joel, if I would mention what we did in a masjid. Very, what did um, you do in the elevator? No, no, please don't. I am not going to disclose any of that because I might get banned from Turkey. No, no, don't do that. I won't. <laughs> that's on you. Well, th that's, the funny thing is, so, that, so when, when I got stuck in, in that lift because I jumped and I did stupid stuff, um, when we kind of then came out the lift and stuff like that, people were all saying, oh, what happened in the lift? And that's a joke I'll say, oh, don't you want to know? And I like just say something stupid like that. But at the same time, somebody else started a rumor that me and the other girl who got stuck in the lift were doing things in the lift. So then <laughs> the whole session, and then that also got to the August, and then like, Nathan, what the fuck? <laughs> I've heard actual stories of that happening, and I know people who've done stuff like that at my IS in 2017 in Tbilisi. It was the, whoever went to Georgia for a session, and if you went to Tbilisi for a session, you probably stayed at the Fabrica Hostel, which is like incredible. It's an incredible hostel. I'm just gonna say it. it you feel like you're in Berlin. It, it's insane, and they have huge elevators, uh, which is very convenient. I, I think they have two. I can't remember if there's two or only one. Uh, anyway, the elevators are amazing. Apparently, great places to hang out in. <laughs> so. Uh, you could never get an elevator at that place because they were always stuck, quote unquote, stuck somewhere. So people would just enter, pick a random, pick a random floor, and then just stop the elevator, and you know, dot dot dot. So I I know people who I know people who've done that. So how easy could it be to stop an elevator though? I, I think there's I think there's a stop button actually. Sorry? Some of them some of them have a button that like literally stops them. But if you press that, it then calls the person to come and repair it. And yeah, doesn't I don't it? Know, if, if if you're starting something at that time and then somebody comes to open their lip, <laughs> you just say, yeah, right. you got you got a button, which means you press the button five minutes go timer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could have been you know a challenge. I don't know. I'm not the one to judge. <laughs> Maybe that's what they wanted. Some people only perform under pressure, don't they? Yeah. Edwin, is that a personal story? <laughs> uh, actually, that's just like my life generally. So not personal story, performing under pressure. There is something which <laughs> uh, the other session, which I had to talk about, uh, the one I HO'd, which was uh, a... Did Let's you say, know? I didn't. I didn't. Ali showed it. I. It was just my name on the thing. It was literally me <laughs> giving on, you know, just speeches and having the title. But otherwise, I. I did not really do too much to be called an HO. I messaged Edwin. I'm like, you know, I had a feeling this might come up. Do you really yeah. want to talk about it? <laughs> of course, he's such a lad. He's like, oh yeah. No, 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 wait, what, what did I exactly say? Because I was like, yeah, not sure. Like, I really want to, like, it happens to have made me the way I am. And so, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. 
Damn, no, big I, reveal. I was head of during this, this unnamed session that no one can definitely figure out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and um, about four days, no, five days before the session, I got a phone call from one of my jurors who's like, hey, um, would you mind if I like part-time juried and part-time organized? I'm like, what? <laughs> and she's like, well, there's a bit of an issue, apparently. Uh, you should talk to the NC president. I'm like, okay. And then the NC president calls me like right after. <laughs> She's like, so basically, we don't have HOs and we don't have a master plan and we don't have anything but that we don't have delegates. And it, it, like, could you maybe help out? I'm like, uh. So thankfully, the my jurors were like very experienced organizers. <clears throat> and one of them, or actually, no, all of them uh, kind of specialize in unfucking situations the nice <laughs> um so i go to to luxembourg uh two days before the session starts i meet up with the organizer team edwin picks me up i i meet up with the organizer team <clears throat> we sit down and we're like okay so master plan they're like what? Uh, what so we sit down and make a master plan and we try to figure out like you know we had at least had accommodation and you know that uh, we try to figure out how we'd get delegates and a bunch of stuff. So that whole session, we were jurying and head organizing, which worked because each committee got an average of three and a half delegates. So <laughs> we were already able to send every delegate to another session anyway. It was just a matter of like maybe listening a bit to see like which one we send where. But And I, I actually talk about this in, uh, in crisis management module because we had a beautiful moment where dinner is supposed to come from a caterer and it arrives and um some organizers as well as the sc president are like freaking out because they're like they brought the food but it's not cooked <laughs> <laughs> we have uncooked food for the whole session at the time of dinner when it's like supposed to be served and it was just one of those like you know light bulb moments where we basically just went to the hostel's kitchen and just begged the chef to cook it for us. <laughs> and he was like a super sweet dude. So he just cooked us all this food. Gave us like, you know, made us salad on the side and served it to us. But uh, in terms of organizing, that was, you know, out of the ISs and IFs I've organized, this was like by far the highlight. Peak organizing. Oh, yeah. I like to put people under difficult situations for them to feel better afterwards. <laughs> That was the master uh, plan. Exactly. It was like I was planning for everybody to help. That's how you bond people. <laughs> it's literally what chairpersons do in team building, right? We create create problem solvers. We we put delegates in really intense situations. We put on the pressure. We say you only have five minutes left. Quick, quick decision, decision. And then uh, and then we get to debrief them, and then they become greater people. Oh, we hope. I've become a greater person after that. Well, it was a big learning experience, but yeah, Whew, tough times. <laughs> <laughs> it was somehow still so fun. And it was also a really cool official steam. So yeah, I true that. It still ended up being like very wholesome at the end. And I think like those organizers really got some solid experience there. Oh, yeah. I think almost the entire team HO'd some sessions after that, uh, which, you know, they might as well after going through. They, like that's the thing without having haven't had any problems at in sessions before as an organizer how do you come up with like the contingency plan if you don't know what can happen they knew everything they were like this can happen this can fuck up this can go wrong so they, they were literally it was literally like all of what could go wrong happened i also remember the at the we had one night where we just like had uh, evening activities as in karaoke, um, singing, dancing in the hostel. Uh, I remember one specific person then starting to dance um, and then starting to 
kind of uh, undressed themselves. And I also remember Ali <laughs> running down the stairs, running in front, cutting off the music, like, sorry, nah, I can't do this. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like a drug person or something. It was like nah, a nah. concert show and someone was doing uh, a show. I guess it's best not to disclose what kind of show. Exactly. Um, it was okay. Like in concept, it was okay. It's just that the person started to undress and we we're like, no, 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 no. These are 15 and 16 year olds. Please, no, 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 no. God, so... Preparing for that session, preparing for that session was basically doomsday prepping. Nah, it was like, it wasn't prepping. <laughs> there was no prepping. <laughs> it was just doomsday. Exactly. Yeah. Take notes, Network. If you want to hold an IS, your previous nationals, just don't get that organizers. Exactly. Like, Put them through hell. <laughs> be the worst you can be to become the best you can have, you can be. But then I, I also remember that I afterwards had... Um, slight problem well not problems let's say um i didn't talk very much with other people from the luxembourgish nc because because of like completely understandably me also putting them through hell uh, but then i think it was two years after that uh they asked me to be the national safe person of the of the session <laughs> yes you i i am a surprise all good <laughs> But the thing is, I, I arrived, picked people up, and it was, no, nah, they weren't desperate. I'm, I'm a good boy to be around to help people. But the thing is, I picked everybody up. Like, I also came there with my car and just, like, driving around. And there was, like, that that tense moment kind of in the car where everybody who sat in the car also was as, as at the session before. <laughs> so it was literally everybody was quiet. And then at some point, I said, oh, well. Here, my downfall is in this car. So <laughs> it was me breaking the ice and everybody started laughing and like because it was it happened, it was good, uh, everybody was happy, everybody learned something from it. I learned a lot from it. Uh, I learned that I'm a really shitty HO and that I should stick to chatting and that should be good. But no, it was that's the, these moments kind of define EYP if that makes sense. <laughs> It just makes you learn through a lot of intense uh, moments and mistakes you've done, or also like some things which might be mistakes, but turn out not to be mistakes uh, and so on. And, you know, on the brighter side, after that session, the IF, which had most of that organizers team, for me was still like one of the best organized sessions ever. Very, very well done. You're welcome, Luxembourg. Network take notes. And this is exactly why we do episodes called Fuck Ups. Yeah. So we can actually celebrate the times we fucked up because we know that it improves everything. It's not just for us to like point and laugh at moments that everything completely fucked up in UIP and just enjoy that moment, although partially. <laughs> and to, to back that up, Nathan, at the IF, so following this this disaster of uncooked food that we had to beg the hostel to cook, the IF, to my knowledge, was one of the first ever EYP sessions, and I don't think they did it many times after, where at an IF, so like almost 300 people, the organizing team actually cooked every meal. It was all cooked in like an industrial kitchen. They all had, you know, professional training, and there was a sub-team of the orga team that actually was was cooking every meal for the for the entire session it was it was very good food as well like it was so cool i mean i'd be down to just go to a session and just make amazing food Same, i want to join the organizing team i mean to be fair like it was really time. difficult for them because it's obviously very high intensity because you're cooking for so many people and there are so many like little things that can go wrong, which just made it you know so much more impressive that they actually pulled it all off. I I'm hoping Patrick is listening to this. He's he's gonna be very like proud of himself. <laughs> <laughs> we'll send this to Patrick. I listen I listened to it with him while I yeah joined his workplace. It's beautiful. Patrick is still the papa of uh, EYP Luxembourg, and it will never change. Oh wow! So yeah, in Novi Sad we 
found out that we didn't have community placards or for the matter of fact, any other type of placard at the GA once we arrived at the GA and the GA actually started. And the first debate started, which was of course my debate. So, you know, the debate begins and someone wants, I want to make a direct response. Well, no, sorry, I want, my committee needs a point of personal privilege and I'm shuffling around trying to find placards and I have, I have nothing. I have my committee placards. And mind you, I had already lost my voice at the session. So I was sharing the Google Translate for three days. I couldn't speak. Uh, we were at the GA venue and I don't have a point of personal privilege. I can't, my committee does, can't hear a thing. So I stand up and I go and I shout from the top of my life, like the very last bit of my voice that's left at the end of a very long IS. And I go, point of personal privilege. And the board looks at me like I had just committed a murder in front of everyone. <laughs> and they're like, don't you have a placard for that? And I'm like, I don't. And they're like, wait, 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 hold on, guys. Does anyone have a point of personal privilege? All the chairs go like, no. Okay, <laughs> do you have a direct response? Um, no. Do you have a point of order? No. Committee placards? One. <laughs> <laughs> but, but isn't like, whenever you start a GA, that's the first thing that they, they do, right? You say, okay, can everyone hold your direct response? Okay, and then you explain why we use this. Can you hold up this? I mean, this we, is got, why... we got handed a bunch of materials at the beginning. So they assumed that we got the placards. And I know that uh, they saw organizers carrying placards earlier, but it, <laughs> it's still a mystery in UAP Serbia. We still don't know where they are. The mystery of the forgotten past. And and of course my debate was the first debate. So I chaired a debate, I chaired my committee at the IS without any placards. So we made a secret code. Uh, so we had to signal direct responses and point of personal privilege and point of order in, you know. So we used our badges and we used post-its and like you know, one side of the badge would be a point of personal privilege. The other side would be a direct response. And yeah, it was it was definitely a moment. It was a fuck up with a big L. I I just I need to go. Like okay, I I list story about the resolution booklets. I cannot hear the word like printing and resolution booklets so close to having talk about Yugosphere without <laughs> without going through that. You you remember what we got? First time we when we went to GA Edwin. Oh my god. <laughs> First they had like printed out like twenty percent of the pressure booklets that we would need. But I I've never seen such like it wasn't even like lack of formatting, it was just formatted to the worst capability of any human being. There would be like... The order was wrong, the fonts were wrong, there were random logos popping up here and there. It was just, I think it was me and Clara sitting there and trying to, while having GA, trying to like reformat the Rezo booklet, which we then gave up because we managed to do so even... Yeah. There, there were resolutions that were missing. There were resolutions that were there multiple times. There were resolutions that had the wrong committee name on them. <laughs> I think, I think there were like three re revisions of that resolution <laughs> booklet that we just gradually got throughout the two G days.
And if there's anything else that you want to talk about in a podcasty format with some old friends, then shoot us up. We'll make another episode. AYP discussions. <coughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've got a cough, mate. <laughs>